So I am a really passionate fan. I love sports, and I really love the UFC. And um, over the summer, I was watching um, a fight, and I was getting really into it. You know when you get, like, just way too hype, and you're kind of sitting in your seat, and you're throwing punches in your seat like you're the one fighting? So that's kind of me. I'm just getting way too hype. I'm loving this fight right now. I'm getting so into it. And uh, I had to calm down. The fight was over. It's like 12.30 at night. And uh, I'm, Claudio was with me. We're hanging out. We're talking. And uh, I'm just like, Claudio, yo, I'm just so hyped right now. I just want to fight someone. And Claudio decides that he's going to try and take me down. Like he's going to lean forward and take me down. We're, we're at our friend Trin's house. And he's, he kind of lunges at me. And without even thinking, I grab his head and I pop him right in the face with my knee. And Claudio has a nose ring right here, right? And so it was hanging out. I hit that thing dead on. Claudio is gushing blood now all over the place. And no one was laughing at my legs in that moment. I was like, what's up now? All right, who's got small legs now, right? And so I was just way too into it. I was way too passionate about the fight, and it, it just, like, took over. I didn't even know what I was doing. I'm also really passionate about football. I love football. My family loves football. We, we are really passionate about it. We got, yeah, we, we, got, um, we got all kinds of fans. We got Jet fans in my family. We're mostly Jet fans, but we have, we have a Giant fan. We have a Patriot fan. We have Packers fans. And so we are all over the place in my family. And we are so passionate. When we get together, we're arguing about it. We're yelling at each other. I'm telling them how much I hate Tom Brady. And they're telling me how bad the Jets are. It gets really intense after a while. But we are super passionate about our teams. And this Sunday, the Packers were in a really close game. I mean, I mean it was coming down to the wire. They were a field goal away. And, and I know my buddy Patrick, my cousin, he's a huge Packers fan. He is all about the Packers. And so I'm texting him, telling him, oh, this is what it feels like to be a Jet fan. I'm just driving him a little crazy. And then he sends me this video, and I wanted to share this video with you guys so you can see what a passionate fan is like. Oh, help. Please. Please. I'm begging Aaron Rodgers right now for at least a touchdown pass. Five seconds. Kick a field goal. Do it. Go. Go. If he gets it, I will get Mason Crosby's jersey. Block that. <laughs> it's not frozen. No, no, it, it wasn't frozen. That was just his face. Oh, okay, whatever. There's a little bit more, but don't worry about it. Um, so that's what a passionate fan looks like. like. I love his face at the end. It looks like it's frozen, but he's literally just standing there with his mouth open because he couldn't believe that the kick got blocked. And I mean, I know what that's like because I'm, I'm a passionate fan like that too. At my house, I'm screaming at the TV. I'm throwing things at the TV. I refer to my team as, like, when they win, I say, we won the game. Like, I had something to do with it. Like, I was a part of it. Like, I always say that. Like, someone asked me how the Jets do today. I was like, oh, we won. No big deal. Like, I had something to do with it. And I'm rooting so intensely because I'm so passionate about it. Just last Thursday, the Jets lost a terrible game. They should have won it. And I'm laying in bed. It's like 1.30. And I'm just telling myself, 
it's just a football game. Like, it's just a football game. Life is still going to happen tomorrow morning. Because I just get so worked up, and I get so upset about it. But I was thinking about, like, some of the things that you guys are really passionate about. And I was thinking about Trin. Trin loves 21 Pilots. Like, she knows every lyric to that song. That That is her jam. She loves 21 Pilots. Um, my man Ian. Ian loves birds. Like, Ian knows everything about birds. It's amazing. And he, he just recently posted this Instagram video this week of, like, the birds attacking, like, Alfred Hitchcock, and I loved it because Ian is just so passionate about birds. I had a couple other ones that I know. Oh, Tabby. Tabby is passionate about Five Seconds to Summer and Tortellini, apparently. That's our number one love. So I saw that. So that's what Pat, uh, she's passionate about. And, you know, I, I know a lot of you guys have some, some really um, things that you're really passionate about, some things that are really important to you guys. And I was just thinking, um, I know that we have all these passions, but I wonder how passionate we are about Jesus. See, I, I'm able to tell these things about you guys because I've spent time with you. It's, it's easy to know what you're passionate about when you spend time with someone because they'll talk about it. They'll let you know. It's, it's easy to see what people are passionate about. And I was wondering, if some people came into our lives and they watched us for a little bit, would they be able to tell that we're passionate about Jesus? Would they be able to look at our life and the way that we lived and see that Jesus is really important to us? See, we're, we're passionate about all these things that don't really have any value to us. Yeah, that they're cool. They're fun things. They entertain us, and, and we're so vocal about our passion. But when it comes to Jesus, I think our passion isn't so noticeable sometimes. And we value these things that aren't so important. And we let these things drive our life, right? We, we spend all of our time and our energy around these things that we love. And really, what do they do for us? Are they changing your life in any way? I know all the Jets do is bring me heartache, so I know that's not true for me. And so some of these things that you guys are so passionate about tonight, is it really satisfying you? Is it really making you happier? Is it making your life better tonight? Because you're spending so much passion towards it, and you're living your life towards it. I want to read you guys the C.S. Lewis quote. I haven't quoted him in a while, so I'm looking forward to this. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition, when infinite joy is offered us, like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at sea, we are far too easily pleased. Guys, we are just kids playing with mud pies, and we're so passionate about our mud pies when a holiday at sea is offered us, when we could have our passion directed towards something that would get us towards something. That would really give us more joy, more passion, and more excitement. That it would show us what real living is all about. And, and see, here's the reason why I'm talking about this tonight. It's because I've noticed a pattern at the green room. Is that we, we get really excited for our Tuscarora trip. We get really passionate about it. We expect God to do really big things. But then sometimes we lose that passion when we get back, right? We were so pumped. We had the best time. We experienced God in some amazing ways. He did some great things in our lives. But we kind of let that passion die out as we get back home. And then sometimes there's a really powerful night on a Friday night. And we're all passionate about God. And we're all pumped up. 
and then life happens. And it just seems like we lose that passion more and more, that drive that we once had towards Jesus. And I've seen that pattern happening. And because we have to break this pattern. I don't want us just to go through this routine of uh, this time of the year we're passionate about Jesus and then this time of the year we're not that passionate about Jesus. We need to constantly be excited about what Jesus is doing here. And, and I think most of you guys do want to be passionate. I think you do want to be excited about God. But there are just some distractions in your life today. Just when you get back, you know, you have that high on a Friday night or you go on an amazing retreat and you experience God in some awesome ways. And then the distractions of everyday life kick in. The things that you have to deal with on a daily basis, just the busyness of school, just what's going on at home. Maybe you're going through something really difficult and it distracts us. And we let these obstacles stop stop us from having that passion that God wants us to and pushing towards him the way that we should. For some of you guys, it's a sin struggle tonight. The reason why you're not passionate is because you just don't feel like God would want someone like you. Someone who struggles with the things that you struggle with. And that's kind of making a wedge in your relationship with him. And, and it's making your passion go away because you feel like God couldn't possibly want to be near someone like me. Like me. And for some of you guys, it's just when life is going good, you're passionate about God. But when it gets tough, man, it's like I don't have time to seek God. I don't have time to care about God. And guys, all of these are obstacles that, that we all face all the time. But we have to push through these things. And tonight, we're going to look at a story of someone in the Bible who had a ton of obstacles in their, her way of being passionate about Jesus. But she passionately pursued him regardless of those obstacles. And I really, my, my heart tonight is that we would take this attitude of this woman that we're going to look at in just a little bit. And that would be our attitude on a daily basis. That we would let our passion be powerful. That, that, that we would let it drive our lives and we wouldn't let it fade. And here's what's at stake at tonight. We'll be people who don't experience a lot. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to experience God all the time. I, I, I want to go deeper in my relationship. There are things in my life that I need God to move on tonight, that I need, and that I need him to deal with. And I know some of you guys have some things tonight that are weighing heavy on your heart that you need God for. And you know what? You can have all these other passions tonight, but I can promise you this, is that they won't do anything for your problems. Maybe like last week you can... You can try and self-medicate yourself like Andrew talked about, but the problem won't get solved. Only Jesus can meet these things. And I want to be someone who experiences God on a week-to-week night, on a Friday-to-Friday service. And I want to experience him every day in my life, in my private times, when I'm spending that time with him. But see, our passion stops us from that so often because we just don't have that drive sometimes, right? We just get caught up in that day-to-day life and that day-to-day busyness. But we should push through that, guys. And tonight we're gonna be in Luke chapter eight and we're gonna read through these verses. Start in verse 40. Now when Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him for they were all expecting him. Then a man named Jairus, a synagogue leader, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house because his only daughter, a girl of about 12, was dying. 
As Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. So wherever Jesus would go, there would always be a crazy crowd around him because people were excited about what was going on with Jesus. Now, we have that same opportunity tonight to encounter Jesus. Yes. And, and there should be a crowd in this room. There, there, there should be no room to stand because the living God is here tonight, whether we realize that or not. And he wants to move in our lives just as much as he wanted to move when he was walking around back then. See, I think we think that Jesus only wanted to do things in the Bible, but he wants to do those things tonight too, guys. And there should be crowds for me. We should be telling people about this. It almost crushed him. That's how crazy this was. I don't know if you guys have ever been to a really crazy concert before, but you know what this feeling feels like. I hate concerts because of this. Like, there are all these sweaty bodies bumping into you. Like, it's just gross and terrible. When I was um, probably about 18, I went to a cartel concert, and there was every 16-year-old girl in the world at this concert, right? And I was like, me and my one friend were the only guys there because I guess not a lot of guys like cartel. But it's, they're kind of like, Pop punk, I guess you would say. And so we're there, and, you know, all the girls want to crowd surf, right? And it is the worst thing in the whole world. When you're just trying to enjoy a concert, and constantly people are trying just to crowd surf. And so we're helping them. We're putting them up. But after a while, it just every girl just kept coming up. So she just wanted to get on stage. And so eventually, I was like, forget this. I'm not... I'm not helping this girl. So I kind of moved to the side and she fell right on my friend. It was, she, I, she would just went down. And like, as after that happened, like more girls were doing it. Other people were just dropping people left and right. And like, I almost got crushed at one point by a girl falling. Like I could have seen the newspaper headline, like boy crushed at concert by crowd surfing 16 year old girl. Like that would have been a terrible way to go. But I know that feeling of kind of being crushed in a crowd room. And some of you guys who've been at a concert, you know what that's like too. And Jesus was experiencing that. that just people everywhere trying to get at him. And now he's trying to go to Jairus' house. And, and he was a very important um, guy. And so Jesus is trying to make haste to go save his daughter. Let's go to verse 43. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. But no one could heal her. It's so interesting that the Bible doesn't give her name. But they give such a specific detail about her. They knew that for 12 years that no one could heal her, and that she had suffered big time. And they knew that she was in the crowd. You, don't you think at some point someone would have gotten her name? But I think sometimes, guys, when we're going through a problem, we relate to that problem more than who God has called us to be and who we really are. Sometimes we let that problem become our identity. And so maybe for this woman, when they asked her who she was, maybe she said, I'm the woman who has a bleeding problem for 12 years because that's all she could think about because she was so consumed with it, and she could find no relief from her problems. She was stuck in a pattern. Just like I think kind of that we get stuck in patterns sometimes, and our situation is a little bit different tonight. I don't think many of us have something, a physical ailment that's really troubling us the way that it was troubling this woman. But we are this woman in this story tonight, guys. And see, her issue was a physical issue, but our issue is a spiritual issue. And we need Jesus tonight just as much as she needed to meet Jesus that day. Because we have a whole bunch of different things going on in our hearts tonight that we know are some real issues. That if we don't start to deal with these things, that they're going to destroy us. There are some things going on in our lives that we need to bring to Jesus tonight. So we need to be passionate just like this woman was. And so this woman tried everything that she could, the Bible says. 
you know, but no one could heal her. She went to doctors. A lot of empty promises that, that maybe they could do something for her. That maybe that they could heal her. That they could come through in her situation for her. But the Bible says nothing could come through for her. And that she was desperate. Let's go to verse 44. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. And so you have to picture this because Jesus is being crushed by people all around him. And so here's this woman who was probably really sick and she couldn't, wasn't at her full physical strength. But man, she pushes through this crowd. She fights through all the obstacles. And this woman had a lot of problems because she wasn't going to be able just to go up to Jesus and make an appointment with him and say, hey, Mr. Jesus, could you pray for me? Could you do all these things? That, that wouldn't have happened because th- th- there's a lot of reasons why. Number one is she's a woman. And women couldn't hold court with men like this. She couldn't just walk up to a man and talk to her. Back then in Bible times, things were way different than they were now. And so she was being really bold and really risky by doing this. She couldn't just walk up to a man. And because of her disease... She was considered unclean. She couldn't touch a rabbi. She couldn't even see her family anymore, according to the law. She was shunned. She had to be kicked out of her house because of her sickness. It had totally taken over her life. And so for her, just to even get close to Jesus would have been enough for him to be angry with her. But we see in this verse that she came up behind him and she decided to push through and fight through the crowd and touch his cloak. The Bible says, and immediately her bleeding stopped. You know what I think is so interesting about this? Is that she didn't even touch Jesus. She touched his cloak. She touched what was touching Jesus. That's how much power was going through Jesus at that moment. And it was probably the piece of his cloak that was going through the dirt. It was, it was at the edge, it was, it was at the bottom, that she was just able just to grab onto it and get a little bit of a hold on to it. And through touching probably the dirtiest part of his cloak, there was still enough power to send healing to her body. And the Bible says that she was immediately healed. See, I think that we minimize sometimes the power that our God has, guys. And sometimes that determines our passion because we go, oh, you know, God could do something for me here. He might do something. No, guys, there is so much power in Jesus that if you passionately pursue him, something will happen for you. I can guarantee that, that he will move on your behalf. It might not be the answer that you're exactly looking for, but he will do something on your behalf. Because there is so much power in Jesus that even his cloak that he's wearing is able to heal this girl. And he is just as powerful today. God's power excels when human limitation begins. Isn't that so true? God sometimes waits for us to be at our breaking point. He waits for us till every option in our life has run up. And then he goes, how about you try what I got for you. See, this woman had tried everything else. Human limitation is at its full point right now. There's nothing that doctors can do. There's nothing that no one else could do. But Jesus was able to do that. And so if you are in a spot tonight where you just feel like 
There's no one that can come through for you. There's nothing that could work on your behalf. That's a perfect place for God to meet you and do something on your behalf tonight. So let's go to this next verse. Who touched me, Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. And I I really believe that Jesus knew who touched him right there. But he wanted to see who it was. Because there was tons of people touching him. And that's kind of Peter's reply. He's like, Lord, so many people are touching you. But Jesus wanted to see the person that was passionate enough, that had the greatest faith out of all of them to draw power out of him. Because he knew that that was a special person amongst them because tons of people were touching him and no one else was receiving healing for anything else that they were going through. But that woman did because her touch was different than everyone else's. Because this woman was passionately pursuing Jesus because she was desperate and it moved his heart. Guys, can I tell you what one of my biggest fears is, is that we would be people who are constantly around Jesus, but we're not drawing any of the power out of him. See, because that's what all those people were doing. They were all around him, but none of them had faith to pull something out of him. None of them were passionately pursuing like that woman was. Yeah, I'm sure people wanted to see him and see what they were doing, but that woman was desperate for a touch. Nothing else mattered to her that moment but Jesus. She wanted him more than anything else. And I pray that we wouldn't be people on a Friday night that just sing songs. That we wouldn't just be people who hear messages on a Friday night. That throughout our weeks, we're not just just people who talk without any faith, without any passion without any desperation. Because if we do, guys, this is what our weeks will look more like. If we start to seek Jesus with passion and excitement, then we'll start encountering more stuff like this. I really don't want to be those people that are just around Jesus, that that, that just talk about him and not really seek him with everything. Because if you do it half-hearted, that doesn't please God. He wants everything that we got that we got. He wants our whole hearts to go passionately for him. And so this woman's touch was different than all the others. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. And so like I said before, this woman was terrified. She has broken so many laws. She has done so many things But guys, this could have cost her everything, but instead Jesus gave her everything she needed. It could have cost her everything, but she knew that she had been healed in that moment. And so she was bold and she went up to him and said, it it was me, Lord, that touched you. And she explained how she knew she had been instantly healed from her condition. Verse 48, then he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Her faith moved him. He refers to her as daughter. He had never met her before, but he was so moved by her passion that she was willing to grab onto him. I I don't know what your condition is tonight. I don't know what you're going through, what you're feeling, what's happening in your family life, but I know who can heal it. I know 
who can restore the broken relationship if we would just go after him with everything that we had. Guys, we have such an opportunity and yet we are so passionate about other things that are so worthless. We need to change our passion here at the green room. The way that we seek Jesus needs to change. The way that we pursue him needs to be different. The way we seek him on our day-to-day basis. When was the last time that instead of turning the TV on, that you got down on your hands and your knees in your bedroom and you sought after Jesus? When was the last time? When was the last time and spend, instead of spending hours on your phone looking at Instagram posts and texting your friends that you decided to put that thing away for a little bit and open up your Bible for a little bit and see what God had to say about something that you were going through? See, we're so passionate about these other things, but they're so worthless. They're so worthless. And we could have this opportunity to be encountering real life and real satisfaction on a day-to-day basis, guys. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of going through the same pattern, being stuck in the same pattern. I want to break free from that pattern. And the only way that we're going to break free from that pattern is if we passionately pursue Jesus on our day-to-day basis, Yeah, life is good, but guys, I know that I could be doing so much more for God today if I was more passionate. And so this is speaking to me tonight too. I'm talking to myself tonight too, and I'm saying to this as a church tonight, as a youth group, guys, we need to be more passionate in our pursuit of Jesus. That woman was gonna stop at nothing. Nothing was gonna stop her that day from touching Jesus's cloak. She was gonna get it. Guys, what if we had that attitude? When was the last time that we went into a worship service going, God, I'm going to find you tonight. I'm going to experience you tonight. And we were determined. Instead of going, oh, maybe if the band plays the right songs tonight, maybe I'll experience God. Maybe if Joey says the right message tonight, then maybe there'll be some healing for my situation. Maybe I'll feel better. Instead of you taking that passion on yourself and saying, God, I'm going to find you this week. God, I'm going to find you tonight. I'm really seeking him with that passion. Let's go to Jeremiah 29, 13. This is one of our core verses as a youth group when I was going through the youth group. This is what it says. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. What's he saying here? You can't do it half-hearted. You can't say, all right, maybe I'll put a half of my hand in the air and close my eyes and open one eye and kind of sing some songs. No, you got to go with everything that you got. And guys, I want to be experiencing more of, of God, the fullness of God. I want to see the things that are happening in scripture to happen here at the green room. I want to see God heal more people that are hurting, that are sick, See, the same spirit that rose Christ Jesus from the dead lives inside of you. And we could be seeing those things tonight. But I think so much of our problem is that we go half-hearted. Guys, what if we started to be passionate, not just for Tuscarora, but on a Friday to Friday basis? Could you imagine how different this room would look tonight? Could you imagine how different our own lives would look? Guys, we would have so much more hope and joy 
we would stop looking to all these other things and we would see them for what they really are. And so here's tonight's bottom line. What I want you guys to get is that passion breaks the pattern. Passion for Jesus breaks the pattern. And so I want to challenge you. Could this be something that we start now instead of six weeks from now at Tuscarora? Could we start expecting tonight that God would do something amazing? Can we start believing? Can we push through the obstacles like the woman did? See, that woman, and I really want some of you guys who are struggling with sin tonight, and you feel like that's the reason why you can't be passionate about Jesus. That woman had tons of reasons why she felt like Jesus wouldn't want her because of her sickness, because of her condition, because she was a woman, but he didn't care about any of those things. And guys, God doesn't care about how bad you've messed up tonight. He cares about you. And don't let that be an obstacle in your relationship with him for another moment. He wants you to run to him just the way you are, with arms open wide. If you would passionately pursue him, he would take you and he would welcome you with open, loving arms. And so just know that, guys, as that passion breaks the pattern. We don't have to stay stuck in this where we're excited one month and then it feels like we're on a low the next. If we would consistently have that attitude of the woman, we would see God do amazing things. Would you pray with me? God, I thank you so much for your great love for us, that you care about us, God. And I pray that we'd be a people who would push through, God, all the obstacles tonight. Whatever excuses we're telling ourselves on a week-to-week basis of why we can't do this, of why we can't do that, God, that we would put them aside and we would choose tonight to be a passionate people who would seek you with all of our hearts on a day-to-day basis, God, that we would give you all we got. God, that we would stop being so half-hearted, that we would desire you above everything else. God, that we would be like that woman. We'd push through the crowd tonight, God, through all the things that are standing in our way tonight, God. If there is sin in someone's life and they just feel like it is beating them up and keeping them from you tonight, God, I pray that you would have the victory over that. In fact, you already do have the victory over that. You've already conquered it. You've already beaten that issue. It's just a matter of that person looking to you tonight for freedom. And so I pray, God, that they would pursue you and they would find you. That we would taste and see that the Lord is good tonight. And that he is just waiting to unleash good gifts on his children tonight. That he's waiting for a generation that will stop being passionate about things that are meaningless and a generation that would seek him above all things, that would put the remote aside, that would put the phone down for a little bit in their week and pursue Jesus. God, I pray that we would be those people, Lord. I pray that the pattern would break at the green room of passionate one week and then not so much the next, that we would be desperate for your presence, Lord, that we would want to know you more. 